Hey, Illini fans, and welcome to the Orange and Blue News podcast. Obviously, the topic of the day is is uh, assistant basketball coaches at, at Illinois. They the hired Chester Frazier today. We got the Jeff Carzen, our new uh, brand spanking new basketball analyst. He's jumped in with both feet and uh, not drowning yet, so he's he's doing real good. John Sapini, our columnist, and and Alec Bussey, our um, our student intern here. And let's start with you, Jeff. Tell, tell me what you think about the hire of Chester Frazier and, and where this is kind of going right now. Sure. Um, well, I, you know, among the, the candidates who had Illinois ties, I definitely think Chester was the most qualified. Uh, nine years at uh, Power Five schools, seven at Kansas State, and then two at Virginia Tech. Um, I liked hearing today that he was – basically running the recruiting show at Virginia Tech. Um, so that was encouraging as well. And we know about the passion for Illinois and, and the, the kind of worker he is. So um, this, this could be a real nice fit, um, but it, you kind of want to see how the whole uh, puzzle comes together in terms of the other spot that's open and perhaps another one that will open. So uh, I like the start of, of Chester and uh, see where it goes from here. Yeah, from what, from what we're hearing also, it's Stephen Gentry, the the third assistant, uh, might be taking a hard look at, at Gonzaga. And, and, you know, I got a text earlier that he's maybe 80, 90, 90% gone uh, leaving for Gonzaga. So they're going to have two more seats to fill, Jeff. And what do you think they need in, um, in those two coaching positions? Yeah, so it's a – it's an interesting kind of dynamic these days. Uh, recruiting like never before in the way that they've been internationally and coast to coast and that kind of thing. Um, we talked about that some on uh, Alex pod, Alex podcast earlier today, but uh, I'd like to see them find a, a new territory, you know, bring in a, a coach who opens up something new. Maybe it's Florida, maybe it's Texas, maybe um, you know, the North, continue the Northeast, perhaps. Uh, something like that would be great. And then also, you know, it'd be nice to have another Chicago, Illinois person, but I honestly don't think it's as important as it's always been. Um, be, just because of the current landscape of recruiting, coast, recruiting coast, to coast, coast to coast, every game is on television. Um, you know, Big Ten Network is is for everyone, and AAU circuits all over the place. And college basketball is not really regional like it used to be. So, I, I while I would like to see someone who can who can get on the ground running in Chicago and with the AAU programs in the state, I don't necessarily think it's the must-have that it has been from Lou Henson on um, to where we are today. So that's kind of my thought. You know, uh, you know uh, John, I know you might have a little bit different take on Chester. I mean, it, you know, the fan base, just going by the anecdotal evidence on social media, real, are real excited about bringing Chester back on the staff. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? And, and what do you think he's going to bring to uh, the staff for Coach Underwood? You know, I think, um, like most schools, everybody wants to have one of their guys. You know, they like to have one of their guys in, in, in the coaching staff. And you know, Illinois is no different. They they wanted a Illini guy, and Chester was a was a guy who who you know kind of overachieved at Illinois. He came in, he wasn't highly regarded as a player. 
and worked his way up to being one of the most important guys on a, on a, on a successful team in his last year. And, you know, he, he, he worked hard. And so I think people like the Chester Frazier story and they appreciate his, his effort and his intensity. And now, you know, as a, he's, he's got some recruiting background, he's done, 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 you know, a decent job at K-State over at Virginia Tech. He's, you know, he's, he's not a, um, you know, he's not an Antigua, but, you know, there are a few guys out there that are, that are like that. So I think he's going to be a solid guy. I think he's going to fill a lot of holes. I think he's going to be a, a solid recruiter, but he's also going to be an X's and O's guy. He's going to help um, Underwood with a lot of the game planning and the scouting. And because um, I'm like most people, I think Gentry is going to be gone too. So I think Underwood is just, he's, he's reformulating an entirely, He's he's starting from scratch again. So, he's going out and so it's a bunch of pieces. I think there's he's going to try to with this next hire. I think he's going to try to land a you know a very high level recruiter, and from there we'll just have to see where they go. I, you know I, I think Gentry's going to be gone, so that, that we'll just have to see um, if they can get to you know a high level recruiter, another guy like Chin, and then a solid guy, a solid third guy. I think you know Chester can be a, a you know a, a kind of a well-rounded kind of a coach where he can, he can recruit and he can, he can game plan, he can scout. And I, I don't think it's going to be a Chicago guy. And, and when they, when, they, when you're talking about a, a lead recruiter, but I think it's going to be somebody with Chicago connections. How much, how much, how much of this, John, is this uh, off season stuff and, and a shortage of news? Cause you know, I don't know too many assistant coaches uh, in the Hall of Fame, right? It's all, it's all about the head coach. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you look at the records uh, of uh, Coach K and Calipari and all these guys. No one talks about who was on their staff as assistant coaches. So is, is it a little bit overblown or, or does Underwood really need to get, to get high-quality people for him to succeed? Well, you know, I think the college game is all about getting players, and you've got to have you've got to have a couple guys on your staff who can really get players. And he had one with Antigua, who got him you know, incredibly good players, and you know, he he worked his sort you know he worked his sources his connections. He went to the East Coast and he went to the Caribbean, and you know, um, Chin was good in in one area of Chicago, and that was his his stronghold, and. Um, so you, you need you need guys that can go get guys, and Illinois finally had him it, it, with Antigua. I mean, that guy was you know he he really loaded up the the cupboard, and I think I would think that Illinois can go out and find another one. I mean, anymore this whole this whole thing is all about money. Um, everybody wants everybody wants their share, so Illinois is going to throw some money around, and they're going to I think they should be able to go out and get another guy and and start loading up the the roster again. So I, you know, I'm if I'm an Illinois fan, I'm um, I'm confident. You got a program that was a number one seed last year that's going to pay a lot of money. It sounds like a good job to me. Yeah, and one of our we have some subscribers on here with us, and thanks guys for for jumping in. And one of them just posted in the chat that uh, you know Yates and, and uh, uh, Jimmy Collins were pretty integral parts of the of the success of uh, Lou Henson, especially Jimmy Collins. You know, he, he was the end in Chicago at Simeon and Chicago King back in the day. And, and uh, you know, 
How important is it that, that Coach Underwood get a Chicago guy? And uh, Jim, go ahead and weigh in on this one. Do they need a Chicago guy? And is the talent level the same in Chicago as it's been in the past? Hey, before Jim, Jim before you start, let me just throw in. I've talked to a couple of guys that are, you know that that have been here for a long time, and it seems like every time one of these assistant leaves, whether it's Yates or Collins or you know or Antigua everybody's like well you can't lose this guy you can't lose this guy you know you have to have this guy well it's been shown you know over decades that just go get another one you know Yates left and it was Collins you know and then and you know self left and then you know sooner or later you had Jaron Howard came in and now you, you had you had Antigua here so you can get more guys that's my take anyway go ahead Jim Thanks, John. Uh, Doug, to answer your question about uh, if, you know, they need a Chicago guy and is the talent level the way it is in Chicago, I think it is to, to a certain extent. And I think that there's, you know, you look at guys uh, that have ties to the program. Uh, Nick Irvin would be one that would come to mind, would be somebody that you might look for. Uh, and I think actually – a uh, local guy that's out at Oregon right now by the name of Mike Menega, who's an assistant coach out at Oregon, who helped get Francis Okoro out to uh, Eugene, uh, could maybe uh, work on, you know, maybe he wants to come back home and maybe it's a, a fit that Underwood may think that might work uh, with his uh, squad, especially now since it sounds like Stephen Gentry may be the next one gone. So you, you're going to have two more openings after Chester Frazier. And, you know, getting back to uh, John's point about, you know, a uh, former Illini uh, guy that is on the staff, uh, Chester Frazier wasn't my first thought in terms of a former Illini player. I was thinking more on the lines of Roger Powell. I mean, I, I don't know if Roger Powell has enough experience right now, certainly not as much experience as Chester Frazier did. But at the same time, Chester's a good fit. I'm happy with the hire and I think he'll come back and, you know, uh, make inroads, but, you know, to answer, you know, I think you at least make a call to Nick Irvin and see what the uh, interest level is there. Yeah. Je Jeff and I have been talking about Nick Irvin and the Mac Irvin fire now for, for a few weeks here. When we thought that maybe uh, Orlando Antigua and possibly Chin Coleman were going to be leaving. And, and I think both of us were on the same page that, that, Maybe you want to get out of that Mac Irvin fire lane and start work and start working on some other uh, AAU programs and grassroots programs like the Mean Streets program uh, in Chicago produces a ton of talent, including AJ Casey right now. Um, the Brad Billy lead in St. Louis produces a ton of talent, and we just saw them, uh, you know, at a couple of the AAU tournaments. And uh, Jeff, if you could talk to this a little bit, you know, you you, you do want got guys from Mac Irvin Fire, they got some players right now. They have they have a Javante Taylor, they have James James Brown, 2024 kid, you know, a lot a lot of talent. But uh, what do you what do you think they need, you know, when it comes to the, those Chicago connections and and the, the Nike EYBL connections? Yeah, it's it's a really interesting kind of topic to broach. Um, you know, it's a such a hard needle to thread when you when you're talking about Chicago AAU world and you align yourself with the Mac Irvin fire and then you maybe alienate mean streets and vice versa and 
then you, you still have to spend time with Illinois wolves and um, it's not the easiest world to navigate, that's for sure. So, you know, if you can find someone who has an in with each in each club, that would be ideal. I don't know if that person exists or not. Um, this is kind of the hard, the tough world that the University of Illinois kind of runs in. Um, if you're Kansas or Kentucky, you don't have to worry about those AAU politic games in, in Chicago. You just come in and recruit. So, you know, I, like you mentioned, I do like the idea of trying to get in with Mean Streets. They've, Illinois has basically been shut out from that program, Tyrone Slaughter's program for years, and they produce a lot of talent. That also gets you in with Whitney Young. They, produce, they have a lot of talent, you know, year after year. Um, the, the name Tim Anderson that we've talked about, not, not the White Sox shortstop, but the former DePaul uh, assistant coach who was a Mean Streets coach, would seem to be an excellent fit if, if there's some interest there. Uh, you know, if you hire a guy like that, you're immediately in real tight with Mean Streets and, and Tyrone Slaughter and, and all that that could bring. So, boy, it's a tough, it's a real tough kind of situation to figure out. Um, that's why Brad Underwood makes the, the big bucks. But if you could find someone who, who can get you in each of those doors, that would be ideal. Um, that being said, I don't know if that's possible. So I, I, I really like the idea of, of starting to align with Mean Streets if, if you're able to do so. Yeah, you got to, and uh, I'm looking at the, our subscribers asking questions in our, in our chat room here. And, it, you know, all the Illinois fans want to know what the heck's going on. This is a team that was ranked number two at the end of the regular season. They got a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. One of the, one, you know, one of the favorites to, to go all the way to the final four or even win a national championship. And then when the season's over, you have three, you got potentially three assistant coaches bolting for other programs. So, you know, they want to know what's going on behind the scenes and, and Jim or John or anybody who wants to jump in, if you, you know, why do you, why do you think that, that these guys want to leave it? You know, Kentucky obviously is a great job, but um, you know, why this attrition and, even uh, Adam Miller, who started all 31 games for him, is is in the portal and is going to transfer. So, uh, John, if you could uh, start us off there, just talk about the you know some of the internal stuff with Brad Underwood and why do you think some of these guys are looking for new homes? Well, from what I've gathered through talking to a lot of people that in the coaching industry and people that cover the coaching industry, there wasn't um, there wasn't very good chemistry between some of these guys. Um, I don't think that. Chin Coleman got along with Gentry. Um, I don't know how, what Antigua, I don't know how Antigua and Gentry, if, if they got along well, but I know that that um, Chin and, and Stephen Gentry didn't, didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things. Um, and I think that was a, a, you know, just a lack of chemistry. I mean, after a while, guys, you know, guys want to work, you're going to work so many hours in a situation in, in college basketball in, in a coaching office, you want to get along with everybody. It didn't sound like everybody got along with everybody in that Illinois coaching staff. So I would think that, um, you know, I, I would think that Calipari came knocking on Antigua's door and, and Antigua said, well, you know, he was willing to help Chin make a jump too. So I, I think, you know, I think chemistry issues was a, they were a bit, played a big role in this thing, in this coaching staff unraveling. And, um, you know, just a while ago, one guy told me that, yes, Stephen Gentry's not very well liked. So 
you know, we'll just see, you know, see how it all plays out. But I think all three guys are going to be gone. There's been a lot of a lot of chatter on Twitter about some of the candidates. Not basically all of the websites and newspapers that cover Illinois has their own their own uh, hot board or whatever potential candidates. Guys that Underwood have been interviewing. You know, you heard about a couple of guys that I haven't seen anyplace else except for uh, from you, John. And talk about those two guys a little bit um, and what you've heard. Um, you know, I, I talked I talked to one guy who I think he's he's he, he's been hearing stuff that um, you know that maybe Brad will will go back to his old roots. You know, he knew a lot of guys from when he was with the um, Frank Martin Bobby Huggins coaching tree, and there's a couple guys there. There was a gentleman named Delonte Hill. He was a he was a stud recruiter at K State when when all those guys were there. He was the guy that were basically got um, Michael Beasley and um, Bill Walker, two, you know, two studs, and they had the number one ranked recruiting class in the country, and it was a lot because of Hill. You know, does does it take a swing at a guy like that? Um, you know, I don't know. Hill's had some off-court issues. He had a, a couple DUIs that, that um, cost him a job at Maryland. Now he's at Southern Miss, so he's kind of off the radar a little bit. Um, another guy that was at, at uh, K-State in Southern uh, South Carolina um, was a guy named Matt Figger. He uh, – um, he was at South Carolina when they went to the Final Four. He took a job as head coach at Austin P, and he just jumped to um, Texas Rio Grande Valley, which is not, you know, it's not a, a that's a low major job. And maybe, you know, maybe he's a guy that says, you know, I'll, I'll, I want to be an assistant again and double my money. You know, I, I, I if if Brad wants to go back in the, in, into that coaching tree, maybe those two guys are, are two guys he's thinking about, but. You know, I don't know. I, I would think Brad and, and his maybe even his I don't know maybe even his lawyer, his agent are, are doing a lot of the legwork here. Alec, we haven't forgot about you. We know you're still lurking out there. I'm I'm going to read off some names for you, Alec, and uh, t tell me who you like and why you like him. Okay, first guy Mike Meninga from Oregon, a big time assistant coach, and would be it would be a home run hire for him. A uh, Van Macon from St. John's, uh, Nick Irvin, who's at Western Illinois right now, a Mac Irvin Fire guy, and of course head coach of Morgan Park for a long time. Uh, Al Pinkins from Florida is a guy that's been kicked around. Uh, Kamani Young from UConn. And uh, Will Bailey from South Carolina. What, what do you think of that group? Is there, is there one that kind of jumps out at you? I think Kamani Young is a really interesting one to kind of keep an eye on. He was, he's been at UConn for two or three years now. And UConn was in Kofi Coburn's top five, I believe. Maybe they're maybe his top four when he was coming out of high school making his decision. And obviously with Antigua leaving him at Coburn and Antigua had a really good relationship together. They spent a lot of time together in the gym working on different things. So maybe getting a familiar face in addition to Underwood could help sway Coburn to come back. I don't know how much of an influence Antigua leaving really has on that. I think that the feedback Kofi gets from teams in the NBA is not going to really be dependent on what Antigua has to do with it. So I think if Kofi comes back to school, it's going to be because of the feedback he gets from NBA teams. Now, I have no idea what he's going to end up doing. I know he's down in Texas right now, beginning to really prepare for all of that stuff. So I think Young's a really interesting one to work on. I'm not completely sold on the Nick Irvin thing, being an assistant coach here just yet. I think that with Nick Irvin, obviously you have the connections to the Mac Irvin fire and, 
I think that is, in my eyes, the premier AAU program in the city of Chicago. It's been there for a while. Their younger classes are really good, headlined by J.J. Taylor and Day-Day Ames. And uh, the kid you mentioned, the 2024 class, the center, whose name escapes me right now, Doug. But Nick yeah. Urban, I think. Yeah, I think that Nick Irvin would be really good in like a support staff or maybe even off the court kind of role if there's, if Jeff Alexander were to get a promotion and get moved on court, maybe Nick Irvin's really good in an off the court kind of role where obviously he can't travel to go recruit, but if kids come to campus for a visit, Nick Irvin would be really helpful in that aspect. And I'm sure he'd be super well plugged into the Mac Irvin fire. And if you're able to get really good players from that connection, that's huge. I mean, if you get a guarantee that if you bring Nick Urban on staff in some role that you get J.J. Taylor, I mean, that's kind of tough to turn down. I mean, he's the top 10 talent in the class of 2023, and I don't know if there's a connection there or not. Mike Menega obviously has been one that a lot of our subscribers who are on here, like you said, have thrown around on the boards a lot. Being from Rantoul or graduating from Rantoul High School is definitely something that kind of has that local tie to it. He wrote or he uh he has a lot of connections in Canada and I think that's super interesting that's a place that Illinois tried to go in the last couple of years and just hasn't really gotten very many kids and Antigua obviously was really successful in Latin America and different places overseas and Illinois was able to bring in a lot of kids and I think you probably lose a lot of those connections unless you bring someone in with those kind of ties but maybe if you bring in a Menega and you're able to get into Canada which Obviously, Gonzaga has a really strong foothold in right now. That would be a good area to kind of move into. It gives you kind of a different group of players. Um, who are some of the other names you mentioned? You said from St. John's is, an, is a name we've heard. Um, Will Bailey from South Carolina. Now that that's kind of an interesting because he would he would be getting the guy who coaches. Uh, with with one of his mentors in the game so I don't know how that would dynamic would work but the, that's a you know that's a couple of names. Macon's really interesting to me as well he obviously has a lot of those like Midwest ties being on that SLU staff with Travis Ford for a couple of years um, and he was able to get Jordan Goodwin to go to SLU and he did that over Illinois I think that was in the class of 2017 I want to say being at St. John's you have to imagine he's fairly plugged in now to the New York scene and that's a place that Coach Antigua was able to get Illinois into as well and obviously helped Illinois get a couple of kids from there, most namely Kofi, who when he moved to the U.S., kind of moved to New York and eventually moved to Oak Hill Academy. That's in Virginia. But obviously, Andre Curbelo is from New York after going after growing up in Puerto Rico. And then Georgie Bishanich really is out from that area as well because I believe he's from New or went to high school in New Jersey. So Jeff said this earlier on our podcast that – it's going to be tough to go into New York when you know Antigua is going to be there. But I, I said to my partner earlier today that I don't think Illinois is probably going to be recruiting a lot of the same guys that Kentucky goes in and tries to get in New York. I think if Illinois is going into New York, they're going to be going to get a guy that's maybe in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Whereas if Kentucky is going in there, they're going in there because they believe that that's like their guy because Kentucky can recruit nationally. I think Illinois has proven that they can get more national, but it's more like they have certain regions, right, where they can get people in different regions. So I think that a lot of those guys have positives, but for different reasons. And I think that they all kind of fit different roles depending on the different opportunities are, that are available at Illinois. You know, we have a question here in the chat. 
um, about Mac Irvin Fire players, and, and uh, aside from uh, Io Desumu, obviously who had a great career at Illinois, are some of the fire players, do they tend to be a little bit overrated? And, and um, all I can tell you is that J.J. Uh, Taylor is not overrated. And Je Jeff and I saw him play up in uh, Wisconsin, and, and he, he's just he's an elite athlete, elite slasher, and he's he's really improved his perimeter game, ball handling, and, and shooting from the outside. I, you know, so I don't think the guys they have now are overrated. I think maybe even uh, with with Taylor, maybe even a little bit underrated uh, as a player. So, uh, you know, do you hire a guy just to get one player? No, I don't think you do that. But but uh, they got some good players, and James Brown, you know. The 2024 kid is going to be really good. A big left-handed kid can really run the court and score. Uh, Darren Ames, really good point guard. So I, I don't think that the players they have now are overrated. Maybe some in the past were, but not these guys that they have now. Doug, if I could add one thing on J.J. Taylor, he's something that Illinois had, doesn't have. Like, and they, it's, He's something that they really haven't had in a long time. And I know this incoming class has guards that are really wings, I should say that are really long and are good athletes, but JJ Taylor can stretch the floor because he's super long. He's got good ball handling skills. He can honestly play one through four pretty well from the film that I've watched of him. And if you wanted to play a really small ball or style of play, you could maybe slide him to the five if you really needed to. And I think that's what makes him such an intriguing prospect is because one, he's something that Illinois never had, but also he's just incredibly athletic and he's really long. He can really do anything on a court on the offensive and defensive sides, especially in transition as well. You know, Jim, a big part of this is hanging on to the guys they've got, not just, you know, not just the current players with the, the wild, wild west of the transfer portal. You got to hang on to the guys that are on the team. They can go anywhere they want, not sit out and play. You, you got two guys committed uh, in the class of 2022 in the AJ store and, uh, and Reggie Bass, two really good players that Underwood likes a lot. And then you got the three signees in the 2021 class, uh, R.J. Melendez, uh, Luke Good, and help me out. Brandon Pajimski. That's the guy. Okay. Well, what do you think that these guys, these kids are thinking, Jim, when they, they look at all this uh, stuff on Twitter, th you know, potentially three Illinois assistant coaches leaving, all of the coaches who really were recruiting them are leaving. Of course, Brett Underwood, of course, is the head coach, but uh, these, these assistant coaches are recruiting them. What do you think is going through their head? What do, you, do you think they're going to retain all of these batteries, buddy? Foster next year. Well, it, it's it's kind of you know intriguing. You know, I don't know what they could be thinking, but you know, to see three assistant coaches up and you know possibly be leaving and we know two are already already gone but uh, with the news with Stephen Gentry possibly leaving as well that you know you, you got to remember these you know are 15 16 year old kids that are uh you know making these commitments to these coaches and with the current players in the you know where the transfer portal is it's just going to get a lot bigger you know a lot larger as as things uh Get, you know, get around to, to you know, uh, you know, more and more players. And, you know, the, the rumors that was, you know, would Curbelo follow Antigua to Kentucky? Well, I don't think there's anything to that personally, but, you know, it's, it's one thing to get assistant coaches to go from one school to the other. But when you start 
you know, thinking if players are going to transfer because of an assistant coach leaving, then that's an entirely different uh, mindset altogether. But, you know, we have to remember that, you know, bringing somebody in, you know, the way Orlando and Tigua did, you know, the way he worked with the bigs, you need to find somebody who's going to be working with the, the, you know, bigs and the centers. And, and like Alex said, maybe that would, you know, entice Kofi to come back if they brought somebody in that had a familiarity with him. Yeah. And, you know, one of the big reasons that uh, uh, Brandon uh, Podzemski came to Illinois, because he looked at how Illinois developed Io DeSumo at, you know, at the two, three position, uh, improved a lot and made himself into a first round draft pick. And, and uh, the coaches that uh, presumably had, you know, recruited and developed IO are, are going to be Bolton. So something to think about, you know, Jeff, I talked to AJ store today and uh, he said, he's not thinking about opening back up and he's hundred percent committed to Illinois. But as we all know, recruiting is a blood sport and he's going to be getting calls, you know, um, and there's going to be a lot of negative recruiting, surrounding him and Reggie Bass. What's your thoughts on that recruiting class and, and also the three kids that are signed in 2021? Sure. Um, so the, as for AJ Storr, um, you know, I, I do think the, the family really likes the idea of, of being close and being able to go to home games. Um, I spent some time with his parents at the, where were we, Aurora a few weeks ago, the Prep Hoops AAU tournament. Um, and they were, they were kind of a, had a, a glint in their eye when they were talking about we're, we're going to be able to go to every home game and they live in Kankakee. So I don't know, what is it? 80 miles or something like that. Um, so I, I think, if, you know, if you get your assistance in place and you, you got to keep recruiting these kids until they sign, right? You, it's not, you can't just take it for granted that they're coming. So uh, keep recruiting them, keep showing them the love. And I think they do have an excellent chance to hold on to, to store um, Bass, maybe a little bit more of a, an unknown, but, but he seems to, to really like what Illinois has done and uh, how they looked on the floor this past year. Um, as for the 2021 kids, it, you know, it sounds like Melendez and Luke Goody are, are good to go and will be in Champaign in, in this summer. Um, Brandon Podzinski is, is the one who we don't know for sure about. You know, he's, he's a, as you just mentioned, he was a kid who's uh, committed just recently, well, a few weeks ago now. Um, he waited and wanted to see if Chin Coleman was going to be here, and uh, Chin said he was and maybe thought he was, who knows. Um, but Brandon, you know, took that and ended up inking with Illinois. And, um, you know, we've seen this a lot over the years with a lot of different programs where, where kids think they're coming for a certain coach or uh, a certain relationship and it ends up fizzling and and then they're that it's up to them and their family what they want to do so Podzinski has options certainly like you said negative recruiting is going to go on and it, it probably is right now so I, I I feel like a huge part about keeping this thing together is going to be getting your staff as soon as possible you don't want it to go on to a week two weeks where you're where you don't have a full staff and, you know, and, and things are kind of up in the air. You, you need to get that staff in place. And Underwood's had multiple weeks now to prepare for this. So th this was not a blindsiding situation. He's had weeks where he, he knew this was coming. Um, so hopefully the, you know, ducks are in a row to fill this staff out. And then I think you got a nice chance to, to keep everyone on board. 
how, how hard is it to read, you know, the situation with pods, just considering the way that recruitment went down, everything mm-hmm. went through his, uh, his AAU coach, uh, Anthony Curl. Ne- we never really got a chance to talk with Brandon all that much one-on-one, right. maybe a quote here and there. So how, how difficult is that to, to read uh, right now and where he's at? It's real hard. Yeah. You're, you know, the, I've covered recruiting for a real long time and kind of seen all sorts of different things, but yeah, this, this falls under the category of you're trying to read the tea leaves and you try to track down information any, any which way you can. Um, He has no interest in talking, it seems like, and and that's fine. He can do whatever he wants. So the information comes from his father and his AAU coach and um, they, you know, funnel it out the way that they choose to. So the, we were left, we thought he was going to commit to Illinois, but we weren't 100% sure. And then he did. And, and then it gets thrown for a loop a week or two later. So uh, I wouldn't, nothing would surprise me with, in terms of whether he's on board fully or not at this point. I, my guess is that he doesn't know. So get that you got to get the staff in place, get, you know, get the relationships going and, and, do the best you can. He's signed, so there's that. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit more difficult. You have to ask out of your national letter of intent and, and go through a process. But but uh, this day and age, I don't think there's going to be any anything stopping the kid from going where he wants to go. And Illinois is not going to make him attend Illinois if he doesn't want to. Right. But, but um, John, uh, just we're going to close uh, close this out with you, John, and a couple questions from the from the subscribers here. Number one, uh, you know. Uh, with Stephen Gentry, how, how you know how hard is uh, Brad Underwood trying to retain him? Is this going to be you know they got into a bidding war with um, Orlando Antigua? I wouldn't imagine Stephen Gentry is a guy that you start uh, throwing big money at. But how hard are they trying to keep him? And and then talk about Underwood himself as a recruiter. You know, um, I know I know he's an old school coach and. And uh, the book on him is that, you know, he needs really good recruiters on his staff. But how good of a recruiter is he on his, on his own? You know, um, when it comes to Gentry, I don't know how hard you recruit him to stay. Um, I think Underwood valued his, his X's and O's, his analytics, that kind of stuff. Um, I think he's going to get a lot of that from Chester. So I think he's probably preparing for the fact that he thinks Gentry is going to be gone. You know, if Gentry sounds like he wants to go back to Gonzaga. And I, I, I from what I've been told, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty much a done deal. And it probably has been for a little bit. So um, I think he's already moved on from that. Um, from what I was told, you know, that uh, when, when Underwood would go out on the road with Antigua, um, Antigua was the one working in the room, you know, Underwood was, would sit back and, you know, he, they, everybody would, would, would kind of work through Antigua, all the coaches, all the connections, all the, you know, the, the guys they, they needed to talk to. I think Underwood is a guy who, who hires recruiters and, and those guys go out and get him players. I think that's how it works in his system. Um, and I think that probably it works that way probably in a lot of places. Um, but uh, I think he needs to go out. He needs to, he needs to get a couple high-level high level recruiters with these last two with, with these what were expected to be the last two openers um, he needs i think somebody like you know, I, 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 I don't know how to work the road
All right, guys. Hey, well, thanks to everybody who uh, who jumped on, uh, subscribers who jumped on today for our podcast. I think we covered just about all the bases when it comes to the Illinois coaching staff. Uh, so thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Orange and Blue News podcast. Until next time, uh, publisher Doug Bouchon, Jeff Carzin, John Supini, uh, Jim Cotter, and Alec Bussey. Thanks a lot.